0: Admission Chat is brought to you by the standard application online. Save 14 hours or more when applying to at least three private schools. Start saving time today at admission.org forward slash apply. Welcome to Admission Chat. Let's talk about college planning. Greetings, I'm Darren Worcester, and in this episode, we're talking to Dr. Aviva Leggett, author of Get Real and Get In, How to Get Into the College of Your Dreams by Being Your Authentic Self, and host of the College Admissions Real Talk podcast. Uh, Aviva, welcome to the Admission Chat podcast. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Darren. It's great to be here.
0: So why don't we start just by having you tell us a little bit about your career, your background, and what led you to write Get Real and Get In?
1: Thank you for that. So uh, again, I'm Dr. Viva Leggett, and I am a college admissions consultant today. Many people come into this field in all different ways. I came into it in somewhat of a non-traditional way. My uh, high school experience actually inspired my career as a college admissions consultant. So I was a stressed out kid in high school, and I had trouble figuring out what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. I didn't have parents who could throw resources at me to get that kind of support that I needed, so I was sort of left to my own devices on the process, and I ended up going down a bit of a a research rabbit hole and really persisting through this process in a very, um, very enthusiastic way, shall we say, but also a very stressed-out way, so I was really focused on getting into NYU, but right before applications were due, I got pneumonia, which I don't recommend, but it was because of all the the stress and pressure I put myself under So, you know, while I was fortunate to get into NYU, what I took away from applying to the college process is that it was a chance for me to figure out who I was and what I wanted on the journey. Um, Even though it would have been great to have support, not having support really forced me to get real within myself and really understand what I needed and try to seek that out in other places. Once I got to NYU, I decided I wanted to do college admissions as a career, so I had been a music business major at NYU, but I got very excited about school activities and getting involved on campus, so that's what brought me down to Penn and Wharton, where I got a master's and doctorate in the field of higher education, and I worked Most recently in my full-time role as Senior Associate Director of Admissions, where I served on Freshman and Transfer Admissions Committee, oversaw pre-college programs and academic initiatives. Then when I was finishing up my doctoral program, I had a fork in the road, could have stayed at my job or tried something else. So I decided to do that. And that's been been almost eight years since I've been out of full-time work uh, at Penn. And it's been a wonderful journey helping students and families from all over the world, Writing for forbes, um, teaching from time to time at the university, and most recently publishing my book.
0: excellent, thank you. That's great. Um, so when we first started about having you on the admission chat podcast, um my initial thought was like, "Wow, most of our families are deep in the process of applying to private schools right now this might this might just be a little bit a little bit too close to the bone to then say, "Okay, now think about applying to college. like I think they'll need a breather um." And your response was you hear from families with kids of all ages, even in elementary school and that sort of stuff. So I'm kind of wondering from your perspective, when do you think it's healthy for parents to start having these discussions with their children about planning for college and thinking about course selection and all that sort of stuff?
1: That's such a good question. So, you know, it's such an individual question per family. And there are a lot of factors that families um, might think about when they're thinking about how to encourage their children or if they should encourage their children to go to college. Um, For a family that knows that their child will want to go to college, it's a good time to think more explicitly about it, starting in sixth, seventh, eighth grade when you're looking at course selection. So one of the biggest um, course decisions for students and families, especially those that want to go into business or STEM, is taking math um, and advancing in math ahead of high school. So students who are probably on track for a STEM or business career will want to take math at a higher level. Now, of course, you may not know what your child will do when they grow up, However, if you think they might want to go in one of those directions or they're demonstrating a great inclination in math, it's a good idea to have them advance in math as much as possible. And if they seem really strong in math and they can go even higher, then uh, it's not a bad idea to give children some extra enrichment in mathematics. In terms of explicit college talk, um, you know, that's that's a really hard thing. I think that families who value college May uh, if both parents went to college, they may have degrees on the wall. That's kind of creating awareness around college. Um, If you have friends and and family members who speak fondly of college, that's all a way to create a college-going culture in your household. And your child may also benefit from any college-going culture that may exist in your community as well.
0: That's great. Now, you mentioned earlier your own personal experience and sort of how it can be unhealthy if you put too much pressure on you know, planning for college and that sort of stuff. You know, what, how, as a parent, what advice do you have to kind of walk that fine line between giving encouragement and helping them understand the possibilities and the different avenues that are open to their children and kind of pushing too much so that there's undue stress and pressure on their children?
1: That's a great question. And I'm a parent now. However, admittedly, my kids are a lot younger than teens. So I'm speaking as a parent, but not as a parent of teens. And I know that it's a different, a little bit different. But what I see as the role of a parent from being one and also from working with a lot of parents of teens is that the best role that a parent can take in this process is the role of facilitator. So as a parent, it is natural to feel pressure to want your kids to achieve in a certain way or succeed in a certain way. But if you project an image of success onto them, they may or may not adapt that same image for themselves. They may adapt it to appease you or to make you happy. But in the end, it may not actually line up. It will catch up eventually. The misalignment will catch up eventually, even if they go down the road that you're hoping that they take. So my advice as a parent and as somebody who sees parents is that the most- effective students in this process are those whose parents play a facilitative role. So they can provide resources. They can link students up with resources. But really, it's about encouraging your child to ask the questions and to have your child take ownership of their process, knowing that they have your support. So, you know, unlike in my case, my parents, You know, didn't get involved enough in my process, but you can get involved more. But you don't have to be so involved that your that their college process ends up being your college process.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great point. I love that. Um, At the heart of your book is the message of getting real with oneself, and I think that's kind of what you're starting to allude to here. Uh, And when it comes to college planning, you write about the impressiveness paradox. Can you describe what that is and how it can actually hinder someone's application?
1: Absolutely. So um, the Impressiveness Paradox essentially says that when you, the student, are putting forth your narrative, you, there is a way to go too much over the top where you are not uh, being authentic to yourself and that inauthenticity is clear when someone is reading your file. So if you, you know, as I say in my book, claim to save every honeybee in the world, but let's say you've never been involved in any kind of, you know, honeybee activity, um, there's nothing to demonstrate that mission, then it kind of falls a little shallow and a little short. So whatever mission or vision you have for your life, certainly make sure to put that forward on the application, but also make sure that there are concrete experiences that back up your positioning around whatever your mission is uh, to go to college.
0: Yeah, that's great. We, we hear that from the K-12 admission folks so much that they just want to have an authentic conversation. And, um, you know, this this notion they hear too often of students trying to build brands and that sort of thing that don't necessarily match up with who the student are. So essentially, you're saying it, it's really more important to just be yourself, correct?
1: Absolutely. I think that, you know, there is certainly um, a branding element of the college application, because whoever's reading your application is going to be reading it in a hot, you know, a hot minute. So you can't, say so much about yourself that whatever the person is reading doesn't take anything away from it but you can't be so big in your in in your words that your actions don't back it up so it's finding that theme or that thread that will help someone who doesn't know you get to know you and really understand what value you can bring to that college that you're seeking admission for. Because ultimately, whatever you're writing about, it can be authentic, but it may not be relevant to your audience. So for example, uh, I mean, this is kind of an extreme example, but if you write up about a breakup with a romantic partner as your college essay, it's like, I'm glad you got that off your chest, but that's not really an appropriate topic for this exercise. The personal statement is really an essay that students should write that's designed to demonstrate their character and what they would contribute to a future community. So there is a marketing element to it, but marketing can be authentic or it can be inauthentic.
0: So basically, if what I'm hearing is really to kind of drill down to the point and find that one angle where you're matching your goals and aspirations with what the university provides and, and why they you see them as a good fit. Would that be...
1: Definitely. And in and in the book, um, in Get Real and Get In, I have a framework that walks um, students. And the book is really geared towards students. It's My book is really designed to help students figure out who they are and what they want on the journey to college. So it's designed to help them think about how to actually find out what is this university all about and how do I fit there versus crafting a narrative that really doesn't have any alignment with what this university is stands for.
0: Perfect. You also write about you know encouraging applicants to rethink the notion of their dream college. You know, there's so many students out there that just see this one university or this one path before them and think that's you know what they have to do. And you write that there's no such thing as a best college, only a best college for you. And you go on to say this part. This part's my favorite. College admissions is no not sports. You don't win college admissions like you do a track meet. You know, what are some of the factors that you encourage students to think about when evaluating what the best colleges for them actually are?
1: That's such a great question. So what I always encourage students to do, particularly through my organization, Ivy Insight, is encourage students to look for their college admissions X factors, I call it, which is definitely a a marketing uh, term. Um, That stands for experience, expertise, and exponential impact. Um, So essentially, it's all about finding out what you're interested in. Um, what you can be really good at, your expertise, and then how you can use what you're really good at to make a difference for other people. So you can't really figure out what college is best for you until you figure out a little bit more about your interests and that you're using those interests ideally in a way to help others. So for most people, it is more than feasible to build expertise in something, whether that's through writing a research paper, starting a blog, you know, writing for a school newspaper. Uh, There's so many ways to build expertise according to what the student's interests are. And then the key to choosing a college is really thinking about, you know, what would the ideal academic and extracurricular pathway look like for me when I go to college? And then what colleges match my interests really well? So along with the framework I have, What I encourage students to do is actually reach out to people at colleges they think they might be interested in to get some more subjective insight about how that college might fit their interests. So if I'm a student and I'm really interested in basketball, and I know that's not an academic subject, but let's say I love basketball and I reach out to a student who is on the club basketball team or who is on the college's basketball team, That conversation may give me more insight than any information session or campus tour I could take because I'm speaking with somebody who is living out a part of the experience that I hope to live out when I am at this college. More relevant to the college essays, I would recommend seeking out a college professor in a topic that you think you might want to study and you can approach these professors. Um, A lot of professors are open to hearing from students. If you make a small ask and you ask for a time limited, ask like a a 10-minute phone call. Or if you're, you know, we're living in a world hopefully where campus visits can happen again more regularly. If you're going to be on campus one day and you want to sit in on their class, you can ask for that as well. So there's a lot of ways you can you know, connecting with universities in ways that the admissions office isn't going to tell you about that actually give you a better insight into what the campus life is than any tour would give.
0: That's great advice. Now, if I'm a high school student, I'm probably a little introverted, or I was at least. Um, and the idea of reaching out to college professors probably makes me a little nervous. How would you suggest that they go about? Should they do it through the admissions office? Should they look up? email addresses on the school website and just email the professor directly? What do you think their best path is?
1: So I would say, you know, for I mean, introverted or not, I, I know there's a lot of shy people, shy people out there. And, you know, the, the idea isn't really to connect with the professor just to say like, hey, you know, I'm a candidate. But ideally, you're doing something that's adding value to that professor. So um, if you're working on what I call the college admissions X factor, your experience, your expertise for your exponential impact, there might be something that you're doing that could relate to something that they're doing. Or maybe you look up an article of theirs on Google Scholar, uh, and you, you read it and you just share that you really enjoyed it and mention that you're going to be on campus and you'd love the chance to say hello. Or you have a couple of questions that about whatever they've written about or something that they can answer related to something you're working on. So the idea is not just to, you know, pitch these people blindly, but ideally you're forming a connection just like you would form a connection with a friend or a teacher or somebody who you haven't met for the first time. It's always a little scary when you first do it, but if you go in with positive intent to and no attachment to the outcome of what this connection will bring then you'll actually get a lot of value out of even the exercise of reaching out even if nobody ever responds
0: excellent thank you let's circle back around to expectations you write in the book that our paths aren't necessarily straight uh or what we expect them to be um you offer the story of henry excuse me of henry louise gates jr as an example what did you find inspirational about Henry's story, and why did you want to include it in the book?
1: What I really appreciated about Henry's story, um, he was—he's um, a, a professor at Harvard, and he has a show on PBS called Finding Your Roots. He's—he's he's an all-around Renaissance man, you know, a, a public intellectual. Um, he. Uh, writes a lot about ancestry. And one of the things that I loved about Henry's story was that his estimable aunt, as he called her, I believe she was actually a a great, great, great grandmother. um, She was enslaved and learning about how this woman who was a slave was written up in the paper really inspired him with his interest in ancestry and genealogy. And he ended up taking that as his career. And so what I loved about his story was as this authentic, Passion that he developed from this article, and he really pursued that. He didn't allow, you know, any specific expectations to, you know, drive where he went with his career. At the same time, you know, Henry was very driven in terms of where he wanted to go to college at the time. So, if you read through the book, you'll see that um, he was at. Um, he's uh, a black man, and he was at a predominantly white private school at Exeter. um, And he left um, Exeter because he was homesick. And then he regretted the decision because back in those days, applying to Ivy league from Exeter was like pretty easy for, for those kids. And he sort of ruined his shot at the Ivy league by leaving. But then he, he kind of went, he, he went to a couple institutions. He ended up transferring because that was really important to him. Um, He grew up in the time of the civil rights when black students who were looking to be educated, wanted to go to these predominantly white institutions. That was very important at the time. And so he really took a non-traditional path to get there, but he got to where he wanted to be in order to um, achieve the influence that he hoped to achieve.
0: That's great. You kind of, with Henry's story and a few others I noticed in the book, you really kind of point out or make it clear that if somebody encounters a closed door or things don't work out the way they want to. I think you say in the book that it, it's a no for right now, but not necessarily a no for your goal or your aspirations as a whole. Um, you know, is, is there more that you'd like to add to that?
1: Yeah. You know, I think in, in these times, especially, it's really easy to um, give up on what we want. And it's really easy to just throw up our hands and try to forget about the things that we really like, but I would encourage everyone listening that if you have a dream, if you have something that you like to do, you should find a way to pursue that. Even if, you know, COVID is is hindering you. Other things COVID related are hitting you that are really difficult to deal with. You know, there is always a way to get to what you want and what you need. It may not look exactly as you thought, but, you know, I would not give up on whatever you want to do. And I see a lot of students and parents get very discouraged, especially these times on you know, what they can do to make the most out of the high school experience. And the good news about these times we're living in is that we have technology and there's so many opportunities that students can connect to, so many support systems that students can connect to in these times. Um, I'll call out one of my favorites, which is the Conversationalist. So that's a platform for Gen Z students. It's a free platform where students can talk about issues. So both world issues and then personal issues as well. And it's a really great hub of connection. Is it the same as in person? No, but but we still do have ways to connect with people to grow to learn to be supported. So I would encourage people to if they think they're getting a no, or they can't get to things that they want to get to that to find that other pathway is always possible.
0: That's great advice. Thank you. It seems like as I go through the book, and you know, listen to you talk today, I almost want to just cross out every time you say college or universities and substitute private schools or independent schools, because it seems like there's a lot of parallels, you know, between the two processes and ultimately the goals that students and families are trying to achieve, you know, through these institutions. What experiences do you think that families can take away from the private school application process that's going to help them in the long run when they go through the college application process?
1: Absolutely, thank you for asking that. So I think the wisdom in the book applies to private school application processes as well. This book is really, it's not about the check boxes of the college processes. It's not about what to write on your essay or where to apply or how to get into your dream school. This book is about finding the right path for you and the path, we all have different paths and those paths take turns at all different stages of our lives. So for students and parents thinking about the private school journey, you know ideally you're looking for a private school that will support your child's learning and development that's a, that that will support them in growing up as a whole person you know even as a, a mom of young kids you know my son I had to change his school because his school wasn't working for him and likewise if you're seeking a private school it likely means you're seeing a gap in something that that you know you're not getting at your public school or or maybe there was another school that your child was attending that wasn't working for them you know the ultimate the best thing that we can do as parents is make sure that our children are supported in their learning and growth and development when they're outside of our homes. And so your seeking out these private schools is really all about helping your child to develop into the person that they're meant to be.
0: Excellent. Thank you. So very much appreciate you joining us today on admission chat. This has been very insightful and inspirational, I'm sure for many folks. Uh, As we wrap up here, do you have any final words of wisdom or food for thought for our families?
1: Uh, thank you. I just want to emphasize again that these are really challenging times. What I'm seeing um, among the youth these days is that they're having trouble getting motivated. They're having trouble completing their work, and as parents, we're all struggling in our own ways as well. So I would encourage you, if you're a parent, to you know look out for yourself, to look out for signs of challenge in your child, and if they are, you do see that your child is struggling, please get them the support they need, whether it's medical support or coaching support, whatever your child needs to to do their best in, in this time, look out for that and make sure they're getting what they need as much as they can. And then on a on a lighter note, I want to invite you to connect with me at uh, ivinsight.com. If you want to check out my book, it's at getrealandgetin.com. Um it's available with St. Martin's Press and at any major retailer and appreciate you considering picking up a copy and taking a look at our uh, uh, at our site.
0: That's wonderful. Again, the book is get real and get in how to get into the college of your dreams by being your authentic self. My 13 year olds going to find a copy on his bookshelf pretty soon. Um, so definitely encourage other families to take a look at it. I found it really insightful and very much appreciate you taking time not just to do this work, but to join us today as well. So thank you again, Aviva.
1: Thank you so much, Darren.
0: All right. Take care. And for everyone listening, thank you for joining this Admission Chat. Please look for another episode soon. And for more insight into the private school application process, visit admission.org and check out our Admission Academy live presentation series featuring insight from school admission leaders.
1: Until next time, take care, everyone.